Today, I'm going to go into a scripture that you've probably heard before and that you probably know well. But my hope today is that we're going to be able to extract something from this verse that maybe didn't catch your eye before. So let's pray real quickly and then we'll jump right into the message. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just, God, I humbly come into your presence God, we are here for you. And God, I just pray that today, Lord, that you would speak to your children. Father God, my words have no power without yours. So God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would show up, that you would speak to your children. God, your children need encouragement. Your children need you. God, your children need a word from their father. So God, I pray that today you would open up our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to give us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, come on, church. If you've got your Bibles with me, turn over to Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you know this by heart, so I want you to say it with me. Are you with me? Come on, let's do this. This is Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Come on. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Come on. Did your eye catch the eye? Come on. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. It's God's plan for you. Come on, turn to somebody next to you. You could be on your couch right now. If you in your house, wake up your kids, say, hey, here's the thing. God has a plan and it's good. I don't know about your plan. Come on, say that to him. Say, God has a plan and it's good, but I don't know about your plan. So the title of my message today is this. God is the architect I am the builder. Come on, turn to somebody, tell them, God is the architect. I am the builder. Now, now here's what you need to know. The architect's job is to lay out the blueprint, right? So what the architect does is he creates the plan. He makes the blueprint, right? And then a builder comes in and he ends up building whatever it was that the architect Put together. And I need you to know this, church, because this is so important. God is the architect. We are the builders. I was so frustrated in life because I had it backwards. See, I thought I was the architect and God was the builder. See, I thought I could tell God what I wanted for my life and he would bring it through to fruition. Come on. Have you ever been there, church? Come on, we go to God, something like this, like, okay, God, here's what I want, okay? Lord, I want a four-bedroom house. Better yet, God, I want four houses. I I want four houses with a swimming pool in each one of them, and one of them, uh, them hot pools, what do you call them? Oh, a hot tub. Lord, I want four houses with four pools and four hot tubs because I need me some, some investment properties. Oh, and Lord, by the way, I also want three cars. I want three cars. One of them got to be a truck. Because, Lord, you know, I got to help people move, right? 
Come on, how often will we use God and tell him we're going to use something for his glory because we want it, right? God, if you can get me a nice truck with a lift kit, um, I just want to help some people move. So I, I want a truck and God, I got to have a convertible. Come on, Lord, I live in Florida. I need me a convertible so that the worship music can come out of the car and I can bless people at red lights. And God, I also got to have a sedan, right? Come on, God, I need a sedan because well, my neighbor got a sedan and, and I just think I need a sedan too. So God, I just need to make sure you got this. I want four houses and I need three cars. And God, also, I want two kids, but none of them bad kids. Don't give me them bad kids. I don't want them bad kids. I want them well-behaved, good kids. Give me them good children that listen to their parents. Don't give me them bad ones, God. I hope you're tracking with me. I want four houses. I want three cars. I need two good kids. And as a matter of fact, also give me a dog, Lord. One dog, but not the ones that poop in the house. Give me the dog that poops on the outside. Matter of fact, bring him to me potty train. God, I want to make sure you got this. I want four houses, three cars, two kids, none of them bad kids, one dog that's potty trained. And God, this one's the most important. Lord, I, I, I need you to get this one, okay? I need you to get this one. I need a job that I love that lets me create my own schedule, Come on, God, for some reason, these people be overworking your boy. Let me create. As a matter of fact, make me the boss, Lord. Will you make me the boss? Sidebar. We don't know most times that the boss actually works harder than anybody else. Sidebar back in. Lord, make me the boss so that I can set my own schedule and I can work when I feel like it. So here's the list, God. Four houses, three cars. Two kids, not them bad kids, the good ones. One dog that's well potty trained. And God, give me a business where I can work the hours that I want to work. Okay, God, that's the blueprint. That's what I want. I'm going to go check out that new Netflix show that just came out. You let me know when it's done, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, right? C come on, church. That sounds a little bit crazy. But isn't that what we do? We tell God what we want him to do. And then we get frustrated like we're the ones following up with him. Well, Lord, I gave you a job about six months ago. I, I told you I wanted them cars in the house. I, for some reason, I ain't seen it yet. You, you, you must be busy. I'm, I'm going to come back to you, right? Come on, I need you to get this, church. God is the architect. We are the builders. We need to stop asking God for things he don't do. Come on, it's like this table, right? Let's say we had a wooden table and I'm like, hey God, I want this wooden table. God, would you give me a wooden table? God, I really want a wooden table. God, I'm praying for a wooden table. Here's what I need you to know, church. I have never seen God make a wooden table. See, God makes trees. You make the table. Come on, we got to start asking God for what he does. God doesn't make the table. God makes trees and he has empowered and equipped us to make the table. We need to stop asking God for what he don't do. Come on, my son the other day was sitting in the living room with me and he turned to me and said, dad, get me some water. <laughs> I said, look here, boy, you better go get your own water. Come on now, you can get water. You've been get listen, get your butt off the couch and go get your water. Asking me to go get your water. You can do that on your own, right? Now here's the thing. When he was younger 
And when he could not get his own water, daddy would go get the water for him, right? Whatever he couldn't do, daddy would do and gladly, right? I would get his water. But when he's able to get his own water and he turns to me and says, dad, get me some water. I said, boy, you better go get your own water, right? Here's what I've learned from that. God will handle what you can't, but he won't handle what you won't. Come on, God will handle what you can't, but he won't handle what you won't. Sometimes we're praying for God to help us out of a relationship and God is saying, here's the thing, you can do that. I've given you not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We need to stop asking God for things that he has empowered us to do on our own. God will handle what you can't, but he won't handle what you won't. See, church, I used to try to use God as my personal genie. Let me ask you, have you ever been there? Have you ever made God out to be your personal genie? God, I want you to get me this, but I need you to know that God is the architect. We are his hands and feet on this earth. God has a mission for us, and it is absolutely incredible. All he's calling us to do is carry out the mission that he's had planned for us long ago. Come on, Ephesians 3.20 says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. Come on, God says, I can do, listen, I know your imagination. I can do far greater than you can imagine. Come on, Isaiah 55, eight and nine is one of my favorite verses. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See church, God's plan for your life is so much greater than your plan for your life. See, God says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, God has a plan for your life, church, and it's good, it's good. His word is the truth. And God says, I have a plan for you and it is good. But the first thing you need to know is that God is the architect and you are the builder. See, we're on a co-mission with God. Maybe that's why they call it the great commission, right? The great commission, because co means together. Mission means mission. So we are on a great co-mission partnership mission with God. And see that mission is like a road trip. Okay. God says to Abraham in the Bible, go to a land that I will show you. Come on, Abraham. We're about to take a road trip. I want you to go to a land that I will show you. But see, in today's society, if God says, Junior, go to a land that I will show you, we will respond with, well, God, where are we going? <laughs> Lord, Lord, where are we going? Let me know so I can put it in my Google Maps. I might find a faster way, faster way to get there. Sidebar, the fastest way is not always the best way. Come on, sidebar back in. 
God, let me know so that I can Google Maps and find my way there. Because, God, I also want to find a Chick-fil-A, Lord. I want to see if there's a Chick-fil-A on the way. You know your boy loves Chick-fil-A. I want some of that godly chicken, some of them waffle fries, and that delicious sweet tea. Come on, Lord, tell me where we going so I'll find me a Chick-fil-A. God loves you enough, by the way. I think he already planned out the Chick-fil-A in your journey. But what I'm saying is this. Sometimes we're asking too many questions when God is saying, would you just go to a place that I will show you? You're going on a road trip on a co-mission with God. See, a friend of mine named Johnny the other day preached a message. And in that message, he said, guys, I've lived in many states. He says, I lived in Missouri. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived in Ohio. I lived in Florida. And he named up a few states. And then he says, but the states that I've lived in the most, I've lived in the state of hopelessness. I've lived in a state of misery. I've lived in a state of anxiety. I've lived in a state of fear. Come on, church. Have you lived there before church at home? Come on. Have you ever lived in a state of hopelessness? Can't see light at the end of the tunnel. We're just living in a state of depression. Come on, maybe somebody is there right now. You're just stuck in this state of hopelessness. We have different states that we go through. But here's what I need you to know, church. In my Bible, in Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I need you to catch that. He says, as I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the valley, I need you to know this, church, the valley is not the destination. God didn't say as you walk to the valley. He said as you walk through the valley. So you need to know that Depression is not your destination. Anxiety is not your destination. Fear is not your destination. It's a place that you may be walking through to go to where God is calling you. And just to let you know, sometimes you're not even there for you. Sometimes God will bring you through one of these states so you can pull somebody else out of there. Come on, there are many states that I've been to that God has led me to so I can help his children navigate the states of hopelessness, navigate the states of misery. Come on, you're going through the valley, not to the valley. It is not your destination. Come on, God is leading you on a road trip. And as you're going through different states, make sure that you don't settle or live in a state that God has never called you to live in. See, some of us settle in states of hopelessness or bad states like misery, but others of us, if we're honest, we settle in states of comfort. Come on, sometimes we could settle in a state of comfort. It doesn't even have to be a bad place. You know what, Lord? I like it here. This is nice. I think I'm just going to chill right here, Lord. But here's the problem with that. That's not where God called you to be. God has a plan for your life. He is the architect. He already knows where he's called you to be. So church, sometimes we settle in states, good or bad, that God never designed us to live in. Come on, I need you to get this, church, as you go through the valley. 
Sometimes you got to go through the comfort to get to the amazing place that God is calling you to. Let me ask you a question, church. Have you ever heard of Torah? Have you ever heard of Torah? As a matter of fact, turn to somebody next to you. You could be at Walmart right now and you got headphones on. They can't hear me at all. Just turn to them and say, have you heard of Torah? Great way to start a conversation in Walmart, by the way. But, but have you heard of Torah? Well, let me ask you this. Have you heard of Abraham? Have you heard of Father Abraham? Come on, y'all heard it before. Father Abraham had many sons. Come on, I'm telling y'all right now, I've been singing lately. I'm about to try out for the worship team here at Journey. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Y'all heard the song Father Abraham, right? Now, did you know that Terah is actually Abraham's dad? And Terah was told to go to the land of Canaan, which is actually where Abraham ended up going. But I need you to see what happens when God gave Terah the command. Come on, pick up with me. We're going to pick up right here in Genesis 11, verse 31. It says, one day, Terah, turn to your neighbor, say Terah, took his son Abram, who God renamed Abraham, by the way, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, which God renamed Sarah later on, by the way, who's Abraham's wife, and his grandson, Lot, his son, Haran's child. And he moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans, where they were from, and he was headed for the land of Canaan. Did you get that? He was headed towards the land of Canaan. I need you to see what he did. It says, but they stopped at Haran, and settled there. Come on, he was headed to Canaan. God said, I need you to go to Canaan. I got purpose for you in Canaan. But on the way, he got to Haran. He got comfortable in Haran. He liked how Haran looked. And he says, I think I'm going to settle in Haran. But then his son Abraham when God told Abraham, I need you to go to a place that I will show you and took him to Canaan. Guess what? Abraham followed God's direction and ended up in Canaan. And guess what? Maybe that's the reason why we know Abraham. The Bible tells us that Abraham was counted righteous because he believed in God. I asked myself the question, would we know the name Terah? Had he been obedient to where God was calling him instead of knowing the name Abraham? Let me ask you, Journey. Let me ask you, church at home. Where are you settling? What are you settling for? What place have you gotten into that you've decided to stop and not keep going. Come on, remember, the Bible says, as I walk through the valley, not to the valley. See, some of us ended up in a state of hopelessness and we settled there and we never kept going. We ended up saying words like, man, it's always gonna be like this. Man, it's never gonna get any better. By the way, when you start speaking in absolutes, you know you've settled. Come on, when you start speaking in absolutes in your life, it's always going to be like this. Man, life is just tough. Man, life is... When you start speaking in absolutes, you have found yourself in a state and you've decided to settle there. 
So my prayer for you today, Journey Church, is that I don't know what state you're in today, but if you're in a state of depression, if you're in a state of hopelessness, if you're in a state of anxiety, if you're in a state of fear, if you're in a state of depression, I want to call you out right now because God has called you to go through those states. He's never called you to live in those states. Come on, whoever you are right now, I rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. He has no hold on you. You don't belong in a state of hopelessness. You belong in a state of hope and joy and peace and kindness and goodness. Come on. God has a plan for your life and it is good. Come on, church. Why are we settling? Why are we building subpar lives for ourselves and living in those states? God says, I know the plans that I have for you. But you have a choice to follow my blueprint or to create your own. And the sad part is, church, most of us settle. Sometimes our faith is just low. See, faith is believing in something that you cannot see. God said, I've seen the plan. I know the plan. I wrote the plan. I am the author. I am the alpha. I am the omega. Come on, somebody. God is the architect. You and I are the builders. And when we can finally get to a place in our lives where we surrender our right to be the architect and we surrender to his design, that scripture can come to pass and true in our lives. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they are good. Here's the thing, church. I spent many years trying to build my own life. I spent many years trying to do things my way. The world had taught me to be independent. But the problem is that that wasn't God's purpose for my life. Can I tell you when I finally surrendered being the architect? When I finally got to a place in my life where I realized Junior's way was not working. I had stuff, but I was depressed. I had people that I didn't even trust. I had a life that I hated, but I smiled on the outside because that's what I was taught to do. But when I surrendered and gave it to the right architect, I gave it to the architect and I started following him and his blueprint, my life changed completely. So church, my prayer for you is that you will surrender your way, you will surrender your blueprint, and you will let God be the architect and you be the builder. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just, God, I pray for anybody that's listening to this message. God, I pray that you would remind them, God, that you do have plans for their lives and they're good. 
God, you are for them. God, you love them. God, you called them. And you're on a co-mission with them. And God, you're leading them somewhere great. And God, I pray that today, unlike Torah, that they wouldn't settle in a place that you did not call them to go. God, I pray for anyone that's stuck in depression, stuck in anxiety, stuck in fear, stuck in these states that you've never called us to stay in. And Lord, I pray that today that they would pick up their faith and believe in what they can't see and keep moving to the place that you designed and created them to go to. God, thank you for being such a gracious God. Even when we go off track, you pull us back. So God, I pray if somebody's off track right now that you would gently pull them back and say, it's not too late. Let's continue on the mission that I've designed for you to carry out. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.